Okay, again, uh, welcome to our continuing Bible study in Luke, and we're uh, we're going to back up to the the close of chapter 19 for uh, some context here as we look at uh, our lesson today from chap the beginning of chapter 20. And <clears throat> if you recall from our previous lessons, Jesus had came into Jerusalem and wept over the city as he approached it, and and forecast what was going to happen to them that turned out to be uh, uh, brought to pass in 70 AD when the Romans uh, reacted to some the revolt that went on among the Jews and surrounded the city of Jerusalem and laid it under siege for several months and and the carnage was just awful the the <clears throat> the death and the the circumstances were just uh, hard to imagine from starvation and from those that those that escaped the city they they captured and crucified and those that remained in the city were uh, beset by robbers and brigands and starvation and and it, it was an awful uh, situation there <clears throat> and and uh, concerning the temple he said uh, in verse 44 of chapter 19, and shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. They, there he was right in the midst of them, and yet they, they, they didn't realize that that the kingdom of God was within them, and and <clears throat> so he came into the temple. In verse 45, And he went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold therein and them that bought, saying to them, It is written, My house is the house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. And he taught daily in the temple. But the chief priests and the scribes and the uh, chief of the people sought to destroy him and could not find what they might do, for all the people were very attentive to hear him. So they... They had said in their heart that they wanted to destroy this Jesus who was an interloper and and uh, came into their temple and threw out the money changers. And, and John said those that bought and sold, those that sold uh, oxen, sheep, and doves, and the changers of money sitting. And... and uh, they, they said, who... who who are you? <laughs> and so that brings us to uh, uh, our lesson today from uh, John chapter 20. And, it, and remember in Luke uh, 19, he said he, he daily taught in the temple. And, and in verse 1 of chapter 20, And it came to pass that on one of those days, as he taught the people in the temple and preached the gospel. Boy, what a key word there, the very Lord of glory in the temple preaching the gospel. The chief priests and the scribes came upon him with the elders and spake unto him, saying, Tell us, by what authority doest thou these things? And Or who is he that gave thee this authority? And he answered and said unto them, I will also ask you one thing and answer me. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or of men. And they reasoned within themselves, saying, Well, if we shall say from heaven, he will say, 
why then believed ye him not? And But if we say of men, all the people will stone us, for they be persuaded that John was a prophet. <clears throat> and they answered that they could not tell whence it was. And Jesus said unto them, Neither tell I you by what authority I do these things. <laughs> Pretty telling scripture there. There's quite a lot to unpack in that the small group of sentences there. And uh, <clears throat> the, you know, the text just shows us that, that those opposed to Christ, they'd been presented with truth after truth, and yet they willingly denied it and turned away from it. And uh, that's just, a, that's just a, an effect of the fall. It's just an effect of sin that we, we're uh, brought to uh, deal with. The, you know, the truth was really revealed in uh, Luke chapter 19, verse 47. It says, they sought to destroy him. That was their aim. That was what they wanted to do. But they really couldn't do it because there was just too many people around, and and we looked at, we kind of peeked ahead in Luke a little bit where, where uh, Judas came and said, "Well, you know, we need to find a time when there's not so many people around if you want to arrest him because it's going to be mayhem if we, if we arrest him when there's a multitude around him, <clears throat> it's it's going to be bad." So they came at him at night, and in a private place when everybody had gone to bed. So, uh, you know, the the facts, <clears throat> they appear so plain, yet without the new birth, there's just no possibility of laying hold on them. And, and actually, the reverse is actually the case. There's, there's no desire for the truth. There's hatred for the truth. That's what, the, that's what these religious leaders, that's what these elders, these priests were, <clears throat> were faced with. They'd the the truth had been presented to them over and over and over again and yet uh, they they had no desire for it and they, they actually hated it and you know we there's nothing new today uh the <clears throat> it, it's it's kind of uh unambiguous how people react to the gospel they they either love it or they're violently opposed to it and those that are violently opposed to it have mostly tried to alter it to make it fit within the scheme of man's uh, thinking. And But still, it's our responsibility to lay out and declare the facts of the gospel and then just leave the results to God. And and that's a hard thing to do. We just seems like we always think we just need to do something more to make it more effectual. And it's and it's our natural inclination to try to make it that way and and it it takes a lot of trust in God just to d- lay out the gospel and then say I've done what I can and and uh, as Paul wrote to those Thessalonians he says man the gospel came to you not in word only but in power and in the holy spirit amen and that's what that's the the what it takes to make it effectual it's interesting that since Jesus didn't really participate in the usual religious training schools, I remember Paul said he sat at the feet of Gamaliel, who was a professor of the law back in in those days, and Jesus didn't do any of that. He and he wasn't an officially 
qualified minister in their view, although they called him master and rabbi and things. Uh, but they they kind of did it out of disingenuousness, I think would be the term. They, they didn't really recognize his his background and and they deemed it impossible that he was really even legitimate. And in in the old nature, we, through natural wisdom, we'd we'd seek to delegitimize what we've heard, regardless of the evidence. We that can't be true. God would never do that. God loves everybody. He wouldn't. He wouldn't do that. <laughs> well, the scriptures tell us over and over again. Yes, he would. He he is. Uh, uh, pretty sovereign, and 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 we have a hard time grasping that in our natural condition. Uh, you know, in the new birth, uh, the truth is revealed, and what we've strived against now becomes life. It now becomes precious to us. Now becomes uh, the very words of Thou has the words of life. Where would we go without that? And and. In our old nature, we we choose to disregard what we don't believe, and 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 or what's contrary to our our just our natural view. <clears throat> you know, those leaders who came to Jesus, they they didn't come to hear the truth. He was daily teaching in the temple, but they came with a scheme in mind. They didn't come to hear the truth and believe, but to try and gain an advantage over Christ by they. By trying to obtain an incriminating statement and through intimidation to discourage further activity by him isn't that isn't that interesting how they could rationalize that in in spite of everything that they'd seen and heard um, certainly he was no mystery to them I mean he'd been around for several years now and doing all kinds of miracles raising people from the dead and uh, healing the blind and the lepers and uh, all kinds of miracles and yet they they couldn't see it and uh, they think isn't it it's just it just always amazing to me how people try to put Jesus and the Lord in a position of of smallness in that well I can I can fool him <laughs> he won't know what I'm thinking and and yet time after time the scripture says uh he says uh, you believe not cuz you're not my sheep or or uh, my sheep, I know my sheep, and you are not one of them, and uh, all those things that he pre- presented to them, and and how little they understood of him, despite all that he'd done. You'd think that you know that they would be capable of saying, "Well, he raised us Lazarus from the dead, not two miles from here." But we want to kill him too. <laughs> that was their thinking, and uh, but you know the scripture just comes home to us over and over and over and over again that unless a man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. He can't he can't get a glimmer of it, as Norm said this morning. He just it's completely gone to them. It's it's there's not a hint of it, and. <clears throat> 
you know, they question his authority and from whom it's given. And boy, religion is really, really uh, focused on this a lot. You have to go, uh, you know, in place where we've gone to in the past, some young man would come forward and say, well, I think I'm, I think I have a desire to be a preacher. And so right away they pack him up and send him off to some uh, place. <laughs> We won't mention any names, but they send him off to some <laughs> religious facility where they turn out more and more of what they are. And, and uh, you know, they involve them in psychology and psychiatry and emotional manipulation. And uh, it, the, the list just goes on and on. And, and, and how little they focus on the actual gospel and leaving the results up to God... It, but and yet they they say, well, you have to have these credentials in order to be a preacher of the gospel. You you need to have that dr behind your name, or you need to have this uh, whatever initials they give you after you graduate from one of these uh, institutes. And 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 John the Baptist was the same way. Well, he can't be a preacher of the gospel. Look at him. Look at him. Where's the suit? Where's the the mitre and the the glossy robe and the all the paraphernalia and <laughs> yeah the Rolex, <laughs> the glitter and all that stuff and, and and Jesus pointed out, you know what? He's just a man in rough garment. So the outside presentation doesn't really mean that much. It's what what they declare, who they are, and uh, and preaching the gospel. And that's what John did. And and we'll look at that here in a minute. But, uh, you know, they have the same tactics of denial uh, by all the, all unbelievers in our natural condition. They they question authority. Whom, who gave you authority to to teach this? And you know, David wrote about that in the Psalm 14. The fool said in his heart, there's there's no God. They're corrupt. They've done abominable works. There's none that doeth good. And and that's what where these religious folks were that were approaching Jesus. They, they didn't recognize him as the Lord. They didn't recognize him as the Messiah. They didn't recognize him as anything but a an interloper who was disrupting their established way of doing things and their established power their established economy and and they didn't want to deviate they wanted things to go on in the same old consistent way that they were used to and and where they had the authority and they had all the control and they dictated the way things were and and he didn't fall into any of those categories and and uh <clears throat> You know, the very truth hampered their efforts, but it really didn't change their hearts or their outlooks. They they wanted to have their way with him, but they they were hindered at, for the time being because it wasn't yet, yet his time. And he, he said that over and over again. My time is my time is not yet, and uh, so until the prescribed time by by God Almighty. Uh, according to his determinate counsel, 
you know, they weren't going to be able to do that. Uh, but their decision was already made. Their their hearts were already set in their what they wanted to do, and they only lacked the the opportunity to implement their desire. And and, and Jesus knew fully well, apart from the work of the Holy Spirit and regeneration, no amount of arguing was going to overcome a deceitful heart in a fallen person. You know, when they said, by what authority do you do this? He didn't say, well, let's see. Did, were, were you guys there when I raised Lazarus from the dead? Were you guys there when I healed the blind? Were you guys there when I read from the scripture that uh, that this day these scriptures are fulfilled in your ears <laughs> all these things that I've done all these things that I've demonstrated and then he says you have Moses and the prophets and the psalm Moses wrote of me uh, you have all that he, he didn't bother with that because they already had it and they wouldn't believe because they couldn't believe and they desired not to believe. They seemed to be in control and to be prospering in their corrupt activities and he was just a disruption that they just wanted seriously to be rid of. And, you know, Job spoke about that in by the Spirit uh, in Job 21. And and this is pertinent to the church today because we're just faced with the same kind of thing. All the, There's nothing new under the sun. In Job 21, verse 7 through 14, Wherefore do the wicked live and become old, yea, and are mighty in power? Boy, we just see that today. <laughs> uh, it's so glaring. Their seed is established in their sight with them, and their offspring before their eyes. Their houses are safe from fear. Neither is the rod of God upon them. It doesn't seem to be anyway to us. We, from our natural viewpoint, we, we, we look at things and say, "Boy, why doesn't God just turn them into charcoal?" <laughs> but it's you know He has a determinate counsel and purpose in everything that occurs, and 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 just as these, the Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Jews and the people were gathered together to do what he had before determined to be done. All those things would have to happen. Their houses are safe from fear, neither is the rod of God upon them. Their bull gendereth and faileth not their cow calves and casteth not her calf. They send their little forth their little ones like a flock and their children dance and they take the timbrel and harp and rejoice at the sound of the organ. They spend their days in wealth and in a moment go down to the grave. Therefore they say unto God, Depart from us, for we desire not the knowledge of thy ways. <laughs> Depart from us. We're doing fine. Isn't that what natural man says? I don't need God. I'm doing just fine by myself. Look at all the stuff I have. Look at how well I'm doing. Uh, <clears throat> Depart from us. And again, the core issue lies in the fallen nature of man. No ability, uh, no desire. That's uh, what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians. Uh, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, because they're, and neither can he know them, because they're spiritually discerned. They're, and you could underline that and highlight it, because it just means exactly what it says. They, there's no ability there. 
in spiritual things. Absolutely none. In Hebrews 4, uh, when he's writing about those those ones in the wilderness that died in the wilderness, and he said the gospel was preached unto them as well as unto us. They had all of the gospel presented to them, and yet it didn't profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Uh, the this faith, this total reliance on Christ for salvation. You know, every their hearts were just not there. Their hearts were still in their natural condition for most of them, except for a very few. Well, they they all died in the wilderness. That that generation, they all died in the wilderness, <clears throat> and. Uh, John 8.43 says, Why do you not understand my speech? What Jesus said to those... <clears throat> and, and it's something that we have trouble with as, as born-again believers and ones that are really believers in sovereign grace and the, the power of that. And we say things that are right out of the Scripture and, and like Jesus, we, why do you not understand my speech? <laughs> Because you cannot hear my word. <laughs> the same problem with, uh, as in John chapter 3 3, it says, unless a man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God, he can't enter the kingdom of God, and he, he can't hear the, even hear the words. That's why the, the you know, in typology where he says he, he gives hearing to the deaf and sight to the blind, those things picture the. Uh, what needs to be overcome to in natural man to to receive the gospel they, their ears have to be open their ears have to be unstopped because <clears throat> there's examples of that in the old testament when someone was preaching the gospel and they stopped up their ears and la 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 i don't, don't want to hear that <laughs> they desire not uh, that knowledge and and <clears throat> you know what had john said in back to our text here in in Luke chapter 20, they said, by what authority do you, are you throwing our money changers out of the temple and wrecking everything and disrupting our very economy and our way of life and all of our, our corrupt schemes that we have going? Who give you the authority to do that? And who told you that you could teach in the temple in that Gentile court? Remember we had that, the court of the Gentiles and the that partition wall that went around there that kept the Gentiles from going up to the next elevation where the court of the Jews were. And, and uh, what did John say that they couldn't admit to? What did John say in, in when he was in Jordan baptizing and, and he was going around declaring the gospel that Christ was the Messiah, that the sent one, Behold the Lamb of God. <laughs> he said, there he is. Behold the Lamb of God uh, that taketh away the sin of the world. John one twenty nine. Uh, you know, and, and they said, well, all if we deny John, all the people think he's a prophet. And so if we deny him, they're going to stone us. <laughs> they won't be happy with us. So, but he was one who declared the gospel. His, you know, his predecessors 
said someone is coming. That's where one of Norm's messages on sermon audio. The all, all the Old Testament was someone's coming. All the way up to Malachi. And then we have John the Baptist saying someone's here. One who declared the gospel. <clears throat> Yet few believed and <clears throat> and you know John was there could have been some of these very people that were approaching Christ who came to John in the in the Jordan when he was baptizing and said, hey, we'd like to get in on some of that. Seems to be pretty popular. And he says, generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? He says, bring, bring me some evidence of repentance before I, before I engage in baptism with you. Bring, bring me some fruit. And, of course, they couldn't really do that. But uh, uh, they, they couldn't admit that John presented a great truth in spite of the evidence. John delivered the gospel straight out of the Old Testament, which they claimed to uphold. They claimed to be the dispensers of that, and yet they only dispensed it in the way that profited them and that suited their needs and kept people under... A, a control that they exerted over them. Uh, in Luke chapter 3, verse 4, it says, As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. <clears throat> that's what John said. He, he quoted them right out of the book of Isaiah. Says, that's who I am, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. You know, the uh, when I was studying for this, I was go back to the Gospel of Malachi, and and he kind of foretold exactly what was now transpiring, as recorded in Luke. So let's go back to uh, Malachi chapter one. The Malachi one one the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. He was to present this word of the Lord, this gospel. He was to declare it, to preach it. <clears throat> and so what, is, what does the Lord say through him? I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet you say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord, yet I, I love Jacob. He had eternal love for, for the Jacobs, for the church, the an eternal hatred for the the Esau's the the and remember Esau was the father of the Edomites. And if we remember back to our previous lesson in Luke that that Herod was a Idumean, which was the Greek term for Edomite. And Herod was forty and six years in building the temple and and yet he was of this tribe that the that the Lord hated. I hated Esau and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Verse 3 of Malachi 1. Whereas Edom saith, We're impoverished, but we will return and build the desolate places. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, They shall build, but I will throw down. So Herod built this temple up 46 years, and the Lord says, This can not be one stone laid upon another. Uh, it's going to be torn down. <clears throat> 
They shall build, but I will throw down, and they shall call them the border witness and the people against whom the Lord hath indignation forever. And your eyes shall see, and ye shall say, The Lord will be magnified from the border of Israel, around the edges where those Gentiles were. A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If I then be a father, where is my honor? Isn't that just what Jesus was saying to them in in Luke? Uh, Where is my fear, saith the Lord of hosts, unto you, O priests, that despise my name? And you say, well, wherein have we despised my name? Look at this temple. Look at all these offerings we're doing. Look at all these sacrifices. Look at all this grandeur. Look at my robe. Look at, look at, look at, look at, look at all the stuff we do. And yet, he said, you know, your hearts, you honor me with your mouth, but your, your heart is far from me. You polluted, you offer polluted bread on my altar. And you say, wherein have we polluted thee? In that you say, the table of the Lord is contemptible. And if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now to the governor, and will he be pleased with thee, or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts. And now I pray you beseech God that he will be gracious unto us. This has been by your means. Will he regard your person, saith the Lord of hosts? Who is there even among you that would shut the doors for naught? Neither do you kindle fire on my altar for naught. I have no pleasure in you, saith the Lord of hosts. Neither will I accept an offering at your hand, because it was meaningless. It was, it didn't typify the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. It didn't. They didn't use that to declare the gospel. For from the rising of the sun even to the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. And in every place incense should be offered in my name, and a pure offering for my name shall be great among the heathen, saith the Lord of hosts. So he said, remember, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, from Isaiah 56, verse 7. And he said, "My, I will, if we went back and read that, he said, when the Gentiles offer up their sacrifices, not the physical things, uh, he said, they will be accepted of me. I will, I will have respect to them the same way that he had respect to Abel's sacrifice. It was a picture. It was a type. It pictured the coming of the Lamb of God slain from before the foundation of the world. Verse 12 of Malachi 1, But you have profaned it, in that you say the table of the Lord is polluted, and the fruit thereof, even as meat, is contemptible. Remember what they said to Paul? You've corrupted the holy temple. You brought Greeks in here and and you polluted the holy place and and in uh, that was from uh, Acts 21. And amidst all of this, the word of the Lord came to Malachi in chapter 3 verse 1. He says, "Behold, in the midst of all that stuff going on in the fake religion and the polluted sacrifices and the fakery of all their their activities. He says, Behold, I will send my messenger, John, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant 
whom ye delight in, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. And so all these things came to pass that were written in the law and in the prophets and in the Psalms. That, and that's what Jesus said to those in uh, Luke chapter 24, verse 44. He says, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself and that all must be fulfilled that were in the law and the prophets and the Psalms. And, and, and yeah, again, we, we go back to Acts chapter 4 uh, in verse 24. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, Thou art God, which hath made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them is, and who by the mouth of Thy servant David said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against His Christ. Isn't that what we just have been reading here in Luke chapter 19 and in ver- and Luke chapter 20, they, they wanted to kill him and put him away. They were gathered together against him. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod, Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And Jesus said, Unto them, neither tell I you by what authority I do these things. You know, it's interesting, there was just no response to that. There was no response possible. Uh, I was telling Norm this morning, you, you know, I, I'm sure every one of you have, have come across someone in your life that said, <clears throat> that took issue with God and said, when I meet him face to face, I am going to tell him a thing or two. You did things that I don't agree with. <laughs> what give you the right to do that? You, you who created heaven and earth and all that is therein, who are the, the potter that has control over the clay to do with whatever he will. And and but you know when it when he faces his opponents, there's no response. They're going to hear the final word from him. And that will be that. And there won't there won't be a. They'll have to bow, as Norm said this morning. Every knee will bow, and and they may still be cursing him, and saying, "I hate you," but I'm on my knee. <clears throat> there was no response possible from them who, in their minds, thought that they had all the answers, <clears throat> and that will never change until the gospel is brought to them in they believe it in the new birth. Uh, we believe according to the working of His mighty power which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. Uh, that has to happen. That has to be the, the change. But apart from that, <clears throat> there's no argument that you can make. There's no amount of definitions that... You, you know, we we always kind of go through that phase. Well, if I just merely get my Strong's Concordance out and say, well, here's predestination. Here's what that word means. Here's what elect means. <laughs> here's what dead in trespasses and sin means. 
we define all those terms somehow and think that surely they will have to understand but unless a man be born again they're just words they have no meaning they have no no sway in them so there you must be born again Uh, and the gospel of Christ coming to die for the sins of his people in their place is is the only answer to that so till our next time and we look at this next uh, lesson that we lord willing that we get to in luke chapter 20 deals with a parable that kind of encapsulates everything that's happened and and is about to happen and he he gives it in the form of a parable to these people and uh, so we'll We'll look forward to bringing you that next time. Until then, uh, be free.